so excited about today's message. I really believe with all my heart that there's something that you're going to hear today that I believe will absolutely encourage you, strengthen you, focus you, focus us as a congregation. Let's pray and uh, let's believe God together. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to study your word today. We're so excited about what you're doing here at International Family Church. We're so grateful, Father, for your hand upon us, for your love, for your guidance and direction, your timing. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we believe, Lord, that by your Spirit today, that there'll be a full supply to minister your word that'll touch our hearts, that'll encourage us here in the room, the hundreds of us that are joining us online. And we just believe by your Spirit, Father, that you will lead us and guide us. Thank you for setting us up. Thank you for speaking into uh, this season for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm super excited about next week. Yes. Anybody here excited about next week? Now, hopefully you haven't been living under a rock and you have no idea what next week is. Uh, but next week is our torch passing service. Amen. Where we officially... Uh, have a, an opportunity to say, here we are, new beginnings here at International Family Church. Here we are as we open our hearts to our new lead pastors and believe in God for his hand and his direction, his guidance, and super excited about that. You won't want to miss the service, and they'll give you more details about that at the end of the service. But um, knowing that that's next week, I wanted to use this week um, to speak into next week's service to really set the tone, uh, set the environment, give an understanding of the enormity of this moment. Um, you know, this is a once in 40 year opportunity. Once in 40 years. I mean, when are we going to experience something like this again? Um, and so we, we understand the bigness of this moment. We understand the, how large this opportunity is in God's plan, in God's kingdom, and God's purpose for International Family Church. So uh, I, I am excited about being able to minister this word today in the context of the season, in the context of, of what, where we're at as a church. So with that in mind, I want to ask you a question. When are God's plans and purposes most vulnerable? When are God's plans and purpose most vulnerable? Think about that. Well, I want to give you two most obvious uh, times where it's most vulnerable. Number one, at the beginning, when his plans and purposes are brand new and have no root in the ground, right? That would be an opportunity where things would be uh, most vulnerable, like International Family Church starting November 15th, 1981, right? Brand new, no roots. Brand new, very vulnerable, brand new as far as God's purpose and plan. And, you know, like anything, uh, a small little sapling oak tree is very easily pulled out versus one that's been around for 40 years, right? So obviously that's a time where God's plans and purposes would be very vulnerable in the beginning of a new season. Then number two, when there is a transition of authority of those leading his plans and purposes. That's what we're about to face, isn't it? During this opportunity of transition, that that would be another opportunity where, where God's plans and purposes could be 
vulnerable, like every four years when our nation uh, elects a brand new president, right? It's a similar situation. When um, CEOs of certain companies would be uh, transferring authority in, in that company. And so here at IFC, this is happening right now at IFC as we transition authority after 40 years to the same lead pastor to a new one. How many of you know this is a pretty big deal? Right? It really is. And we need to understand, all the more understand how uh, important this season is. So I want to talk about a specific subject today. I want to talk about moving forward together, protecting our unity. Moving forward together, protecting our unity. That's why it's so important today that we have ears to hear, that we have understanding in our heart, um, that we see the big picture. And I pray that, that this message today will help you understand the bigness of what God is doing, the bigness of the season, the bigness of the assignment that's on us as a church, that's on us as a congregation, as a body of believers. Unity in the church is so important that the New Testament gives more attention to it than either heaven or hell. God deeply desires that we would experience the joy and the stability of being united with each other. Our supreme example of unity is the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are, are completely unified as one. And God himself is the highest example of sacrificial love and, and perfect harmony. You know, just like every parent, our Heavenly Father enjoys watching his children get along with each other. Right? How about you parents? Don't you enjoy the fact when, when, you're, when the children get along with each other? Uh, there's something like they have that moment where suddenly we're all together as one and we're not screaming at each other. Um, there's just something special about that. There's no doubt about it. And so our father enjoys that very much. In the final moments before he was being arrested, Jesus prayed a passionate prayer for our unity. And let's read it. Here in John 17, verse 20 to 23, says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So who would that be referring to? All of us. 21. I pray that they will be one, all be one, just as I are one, just as you and I, excuse me, are one, as you are in me. Father, I am in you, and you may, they, I'll start all over again. Okay, let's get the tongue together with my mind. Right? Wouldn't that work? Okay. 21. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. Got it. Um, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have, yeah, thank you. Are you, are you clapping because of the scripture or because I got it right? What? I'm not sure why. Both? Most says both. <laughs> Verse 22. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me 
and that you love them as much as you love me. Very important verses of Scripture. These verses of Scripture so apply to not only to the body of Christ at large, but even more so for us as a congregation as we speak. We are always asking Jesus to answer our prayers, aren't we? And we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm sure there's been a lot of prayers that have gone up asking Jesus for certain things, asking the Father for certain things. Here we have the unique opportunity to be the answer to one of his prayers. How rare is that? How rare is that that we as a congregation, we as a group of people can actually be the answer to Jesus's prayer? He prayed, my prayer to all the people that would follow me is that we would all be one. Wow. It was our unity that was on the utmost of his mind during these agonizing hours that shows how significant this subject is. It says, nothing on earth is more valuable to God than his church. He paid the highest price for it, and he wants it protected, especially from the devastating damage that is caused by division, conflict, and disharmony. Amen. I don't know about you, but there's something so special about the church. Not only the big C church, but international family church. You know, for 40 years, Vern and I, we have been local church people. We love the local church. We care about the local church. We desire to protect the local church and help the local church experience the full potential of what the local church is all about. We're grateful for the local church, and, and Jesus shed his blood for the local church. And so we need to recognize that we all have a responsibility here in the local church. And unity is the soul of fellowship. Destroy it, and you rip out Christ's body. It's the essence. It's the core of how God intends for us to experience life together in his church and to reach people far from God. Now, let me be direct. If you are a part of God's family and you call IFC your church home, it is your responsibility to protect our unity. You have been commissioned by Jesus Christ to do everything possible to preserve the unity, protect the fellowship, and promote harmony here at IFC. Amen. Amen. This is the very important foundation of this message today is to help us understand our responsibility in this season, our responsibility of what we share in the enormity of what God desires to do. Ephesians 4, 3 makes it very clear. Make every effort. Say, make every effort. Amen. Say it again. Make every effort. Amen. To keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That means this requires work. That means this requires um, uh, intentionality. This requires each one of us to make sure that we do our part. So how do we do this? How do we protect the unity of, of our church? Well, the Bible gives us some real practical advice, and uh, so let's begin here. Number one, how do we do this? Focus on what we have in common, not our differences. Focus on what we have in common, not our differences. Romans 14, 19 says it very powerfully. Let us concentrate on the things which make for harmony and on the growth of one another's character. Wow. 
So there's what we should be focusing and concentrating on. As believers, we share one Lord. We share one body. We share one purpose, one Father, one Spirit, one hope, one faith, one baptism, one love. We share the same, same salvation, the same life, the same future. Amen? Factors that are far more important than any differences that we could enumerate. Amen? These are the issues not our personal differences that we should be concentrating on. Amen. We must remind ourselves and remember that it was God himself who chose us to be so different. Right? Different personalities, different backgrounds, different races, preferences, and we should enjoy those differences and not merely tolerate them. That's one thing that we've learned to do here at IFC is celebrate the differences. We celebrate 60 different nations. We celebrate four generations. We celebrate the fact that God so longs to bring us all together. We are not cut all the you know, cookie-cutter Christians. Aren't you glad that we're so different? Amen. See, God wants unity, not uniformity. That's huge. I could spend a lot of time on that if I had time. But God, God wants unity, not uniformity. Amen. But it's for unity's sake that we must not allow um, differences to divide us. We must stay focused on what really matters. And so what really matters? What are some of the most important matters? Well, here, here's just three to begin with. What really matters is the great commandment. What's the great commandment? We're commanded to what? Love one another as he has loved us, as Christ loved us. There's something about this love for each other. It's how the world will know that we are Christians, that we are his disciples. So the great commandment is something that we should be focusing on, the, the love of God and the power of God's love. We should be focusing on the great commission, right? Going to every man's world and, and make disciples. Every man's world and recognize that we need to reach people far from God um, and, and reach a wide range of people. Those are so important that we focus on. And then a clearly communicated mandate and mission. Amen. And we'll hear that in two weeks um, as Pastor Josh, our new lead pastor, will be sharing the vision of International Family Church for the very first time. How exciting is that? Amen. So be praying about that. You don't want to miss that service. Trust me, you don't want to miss that service. So here is a, is a quick example of, of, of in, in information, of, of, of insight that we need to recognize that is something that we focus on because conflict is usually a sign when we focus on issues that are not important. The Bible calls them disputable matters. When we focus on personality and preference and interpretations and styles and methods and division always happens when we get our eyes off what really matters. Amen. But if we concentrate on loving each other and fulfilling God's purposes, harmony is the result. Amen. Now here's a, a side note, a lesson that I've learned years ago. Listen very carefully. Partnerships are not the same as friendships. Friendships are created out of similarities, common likes. But partnerships are created out of differences. This is so important. Amen. Because we understand that it, it requires partnerships to make something work. Partnerships in the spirit. Partnership by the word. Partnership for God's plan and purpose to make his plan healthy and strong. That's why healthy marriages 
fulfilling marriages are a lot of hard work. Come on, married people, help me out here, right? It's a lot of hard work. Absolutely. That's why when marriages end up in divorce court, what do we always hear about? Irreconcilable differences. Exactly. Now, Vernon and I believe and we teach and we live that when love and understanding are in the middle of our differences, those differences then become the very super glue that makes our marriage indestructible. Amen. Amen. I need my wife's differences. As much as they drive me crazy, I need her differences. She needs my differences as much as it drives her crazy. I hear a big amen coming out of that mask. Right? But you see, when we understand, blend those together in partnership, and what happens? We become stronger together than we could have ever been on our own. Amen. So we have the potential then of having an exceptional marriage than having just a mediocre marriage like so many people have. I said all that to say this. In order for IFC to be an exceptional church, we need to forge partnerships with people who have different giftings, different backgrounds, and experiences, but are willing to expose those differences under one heavenly vision that we love and value. Amen. That's so powerful when you think about it. And that's what makes IFC so strong all these years, because of our partnerships, because of all the differences that God has brought together under one roof, under one blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, right? Where we have brought and loved and cared and brought different individuals together, because that's how we are strong in Jesus' name. Now listen very carefully. As far as our spiritual DNA and, and the purposes of the local church, Pastor Josh and I are cut out of the same cloth. There's just no doubt about it. We share the same DNA. We share the same purpose and love for the local church. We share that so much. Um, however, our leadership styles are different, and for that I'm grateful. For that I'm grateful. Amen. You can clap. It's okay. It's true, and it's good. Think about it. If God needed the leadership style that brought us from where we were to where we need to go, if God wanted that same leadership style, then he would have brought someone to us that was very similar leadership skills like I have, right? But that's not what God wants to do. God wants to take us where we've not been before. God wants to take us to a fresh place, a new place, a place where the generations are, are reached more than ever. God wants to do something that has not happened yet, and we should celebrate that. Amen. Celebrate that. We should be rejoicing that God would bring a different style of leadership with the same DNA and the same purposes of God together and watch God move by His Spirit. You get my point today? That's so important that we celebrate that. Pastor Josh and I have made a covenant that we were going we're to be partners together for the rest of our lives. Amen. We believe that with all of our hearts. Amen. And you remember, Pastor Josh and Pastor Stephanie are not taking our place. They're taking their place. And we celebrate that. Amen? We celebrate that. We are grateful for them taking their place and leading us where we've never been before in Jesus' name. Paul pleaded for this. He really did. He pleaded for this in 1 Corinthians 1.10. Let there be real harmony so there won't be division in the church. 
I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Wow, what powerful verses. Amen? Now, how do we, how do, we do this? Number two, be realistic about your expectations. Be realistic about your expectations. Once you discover that God intends real, fellow, real fellowship to be, listen, it's easy to become discouraged between the gap of the ideal and the real, right? Because there's a big gap oftentimes between the ideal and the real. Amen. We must be passionately love the church in spite of all its imperfections. Listen very carefully. Longing for the real, while longing for the ideal, while criticizing the real is evidence of immaturity. On the other hand, settling for the real without striving for the ideal is complacency. Maturity is living with the tension. Can we live with the tension? Can we live with the fact that God has this desire for us to work together as one? And we know that oftentimes because of personality and differences, there's this real. But we need to understand that we close the gap and maturity is living with the tension, living with the opportunity to make sure that we walk together in God's plan. Other believers will disappoint us. Other believers will let us down. But there's no excuse for stop fellowshipping with them. There's no excuse, right, that they are family, and, and whether they act like it or talk like exactly like you do, right, there's so many opportunities for us to walk in God's highest and best. We need to be realistic in your expectation. Ephesians 2.10 says, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Amen. So we must passionately love the church in spite of its imperfections. People become disillusioned with the church because of so many understandable reasons. And the list can be long. And the list can be, uh, you know, an opportunity where there's conflict and hurt and hypocrisy and racism and neglect and pettiness and legalism and, and other sins. But rather than be shocked by that, we must remember that the church is made up of real people. And we all are in the process of working out our salvation. Isn't that the truth? Yes. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German pastor who was martyred for resisting the Nazis, wrote a classic book on fellowship entitled Living Together. In it, he writes this profound statement. Disillusionment with our local church is a good thing because it destroys our false expectation of perfection. The sooner we give up the illusion that a church must be perfect in order to love it, the sooner we quit pretending and start admitting that we're all imperfect and need grace. This is the beginning of real community. Amen. Wow. Isn't that true? So powerful. So powerful. And I'm grateful that we as a congregation are pressing towards understanding the, the value of this real unity. Number three, how do we do this? Number three, choose to encourage rather than criticize. Amen. Choose to encourage rather than criticize. It's always easier to stand on the sidelines and take shots, right, at those who are leading, those who are serving. And, and men, and we, 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 we see that so often, how easy it is to be a Monday morning quarterback, how easy it is to, to judge 
Um, or I would have done it differently, or I, I wouldn't have done that, or I would have done this. And uh, in, the, in the last two years of this pandemic, it's amazing how there's, there's no way that any pastor could, could do what's right, because there's always somebody who doesn't like what we're doing, yeah. right? Always somebody that's going to say, well, that's good, or that's not good. And it's, it's hard. We need to encourage rather than criticize. God warns us over and over again to, that we need to quit criticizing, quit comparing, and quit judging each other, amen, and recognize that God's plan and purpose is desire to bring us together and trust him to recognize that encouragement is so important. Romans 14.4 says, what right do you have to criticize someone else's servant? Only their Lord can decide if they are doing right. That's a strong verse of scripture. Easy for us to be on the, online. Easy for us to be on Facebook. And easy for us to criticize and, and take sides and, 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 and all that. But Paul adds that we must not stand in judgment or look down on someone else because their convictions might be a little bit different than ours. Amen. The Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brothers, right? Isn't that true? It's the devil's job to blame, complain criticize members of God's family. And any time we do the same, we are being duped into doing Satan's work for him. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Amen. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be duped into that. Absolutely. Remember, other Christians, it's important that we, we don't spend time comparing and criticizing, but we spend time building each other up in unity and fellowship. Amen. If we spent more time building each other up, we spent more time helping each other, if we spent more time praying for each other, man, what a difference that would make, right? What a difference that would make. Romans 14, 19 in the Message Bible says it's so good. Let's agree to use all our energy in getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Number four, just a couple more. You still with me? This point is a very important point. It sounds, it's going to sound to you as self-serving, but it's not in my heart. And it really needs to be said as we protect the unity here at IFC. How do we do this? Number four, support your pastors and leaders. Amen. Support your pastors and leaders. There are no perfect leaders. I said there are no perfect leaders. We proved that over 40 years. <laughs> Amen. But God gives leaders the responsibility and the authority to maintain unity in the church. Amen. So it's always unpleasant. It's always unpleasant responsibility when we as pastors have to deal with interpersonal conflicts and be the mediator between hurt and conflicts and oftentimes immature individuals. We do our best to handle every situation with love and compassion. And here's an important question for you. Will Pastor Josh and Pastor Stephanie handle every challenging situation perfectly? Of course they won't. Absolutely not. Neither did Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Verna. Absolutely not. They will not. And what keeps us, though, is what Verna and I maintain, what Verna and I have worked hard on, and what Pastor Josh and Pastor Stephanie will as well, is to be 
We're highly motivated to be our best. Why? Because the Bible is clear that one day we as pastors are going to give an account for our leadership. We're going to give an account. We're going to give an account of how well we did and how well we watched over you and how well we served you and how well we took care of your, your life and your situation. And Hebrews 13, 17 says, they keep watch over you, the pastors, as men who must give an account. So we will give an account. And the Bible's crystal clear about that. But here's the other side of the story. The Bible's also crystal clear that this accountability goes two ways. Now, you were amen just a minute ago. Amen. It's a two-way street. Every person that calls IFC home are accountable as well to make sure that you are doing your part to make IFC the strong, continual, growing church, blessing God, reaching our world, making a difference. Amen. And, and you will also give an account for how well you followed the leaders. Amen. Hebrews 13, 17 in the message says, be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of, our, of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Listen to this. Contribute to the joy of their leadership. Not its drudgery. So that means you have a big role to play. Amen. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Man, that's so well said. I'll say amen to that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good preaching. Amen. Good word. Praise God. So we can contribute to the joy of Pastor Josh and Stephanie. We can continue to contribute to the, 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 the plan and purpose that God has for their lives. So how do we protect our unity? One more. So number one, focus on what we have in common, not our differences. Be realistic in our expectations. Choose to encourage rather than criticize. Support your pastors and leaders. And finally, number five, we pray, pray, pray. <laughs> right? Prayer. Prayer is the key. We pray, pray, pray for God's highest and best. Let me be crystal clear and very vulnerable this morning. If Verna and I, who have been honored to be your lead pastors for the last 40 years, are willing to deal with our deep emotions, our raw feelings, our tears, and not allow them to overwhelm us during this transition, but instead to choose to joyfully adapt and adjust to God's new plan. Honestly, there's absolutely no excuse why you're not able to do the same. Amen? Why you're not able to do the same. It's so true. And I know maybe you don't want to clap about that, but it's honestly, it's the truth. Because we have learned, we have made up our mind that in the midst of this transition, in the midst of dealing with our own humanity, in the midst of dealing with our own deep emotions, our own feelings, our own tears that we've shed, we believe that we have made a choice to joyfully adapt and adjust, just like you have to, to adapt and adjust to God's new plan because it's God's plan. And we are so confident that it's God's plan that we are joyfully saying yes to this new season. And honestly, if we can do it, so can you. So can you. So can every one of you. 
can do the same thing. Amen. 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 Woo! Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Wow. What a moment. I hope I can continue. Why would any one of us after all these years of serving, loving, giving, not want to be a part of what God's about to do right now. Think about all the years of service, years of giving, years of loving, years of all that you have invested. Why would we want to miss out on God's best that's before us? Of course we wouldn't. We don't want to. This is the time that everyone needs to rally around Pastor Josh and Pastor Stephanie and pray for them like we've never prayed before. Amen. Come on, to pray for them and support them and celebrate them and honor the plan of God in their lives. This is not the time to criticize. This is not the time to complain. It's not the time to gossip. It's not the time to judge. It's not the time to withhold our support. But it's time to pray and roll up our sleeves and get involved and continue to tithe and give and encourage and love on our new lead pastors. Absolutely. Out of obedience. Think about it. Out of obedience, they said yes. That's enormous. They said yes to the call of God. They said yes to this new season. They said yes. And for one, Pastor Ver and I are extremely proud of the two of them for saying yes. And you should be too. You should be so proud of the fact that they've honored God and honored us and honored God's purpose and plan for IFC to go forward, doing everything that we can, each one of us doing everything we can to make sure that they succeed in this season. I promise you that my wife and I will do everything within our power to make sure that they thrive and succeed during this season. And I'm expecting you to do the same thing. You know, it's during times of transition like this that there can be anxiety. There can be a, a, an attack on our soul about what about the future? What about what's next? What about God's plan and God's purpose? And Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says it's so good. And it really applies to us as a congregation. Be anxious for nothing, IFC. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Aren't you thankful for God's peace today? The peace about our future. The peace that God knows exactly what he's doing and how to bring to pass his plan and purpose. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we give God praise today. Give God praise today. So here's my challenge to you. And I ask you with all humility to make sure that we do our part. 
You need to ask yourself, what am I doing personally to make sure that I contribute to the advancement, to the purposes of God, to encourage love, to encourage unity? What part am I playing? And what part are you playing to make sure that we together, we are owning our unity. We own what God's plan is. We are intentional to say we are going to experience everything God has for us. And the truth is, what we have here at IFC is so wonderful and so unique. I know I'm prejudiced, um, and I, I understand that. But you know it's true that what we have is so vital and so precious and so unique of what God is doing. And it's only going to expand and explode from this day forward because God knows how to bring the best out of us and His will and purpose be accomplished in IFC in Jesus' name. One last three verses before I close. I love this in Psalm 133. Beloved, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard and the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. Listen very carefully. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there, for there. Where's there? Where's there? Right here. Where's there? Where there's unity. For there, the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. God will command his blessing on International Family Church as we purpose to walk in unity during this time, as we purpose to go through this transition with joy in our hearts, with excitement and peace, and God's purpose and plan in our lives. He declares over International Family Church, life evermore. He declares over this church, over our leadership, over Pastor Josh and Stephanie, over each one of our leaders, over our staff. He declares life forevermore. He declares it because we purpose in our heart to walk in unity, to walk in harmony together, to make sure that we as a family do this. Amen. And we purpose in our heart to pray and believe God like we never have before. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you agree today? Are we in unison today? Are we in harmony today? Come on, let's stand to our feet.